Vocation salons are small group classes of 10 students. We meet on Zoom for voiceover industry discussion, script analysis, directed reads and more. They're divided into experience levels, intermediate and professional, and a new tech-focused salon will be starting in the spring of 2023. Classes fill up on a first-come, first-served basis. To find out more and to purchase tickets, join our Facebook group, VO Salon, or visit the website, vocationconference.com salon. See you there. Okay, should we start? Let's do it. All right. So, um, firstly, what do you think of Max Verstappen's chances at this year's Saudi Arabian Grand Prix happening this weekend? Oh, I mean, is there even a question? I think you're right, actually. I think he's slam dunk. Going to be on pole, going to win the race. Possibly fastest lap two. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, his his pit crew is just can't, unmatched. They are. They're very quick. Yeah, last year they got the fastest pit stop, I believe. Actually, maybe it was Williams. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that insane? Yeah. How fast was it again? Uh, Gosh, I don't remember. You know, I'm so bad with numbers. I'm there really just more for the adrenaline of the whole thing, you know? Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think of Ferrari? You know, Ferrari, I feel like, I feel like in the past it's been a little bit iffy, but it's, it's getting better. Well, that's an interesting take. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not doing a Formula One podcast, unfortunately, for me. <laughs> Especially because Karin knows nothing about Formula One at all. Yeah, but, but that was that make a, a masterclass in how to how to bullshit your way through a topic that you don't know anything about. You did remarkably well, I have to say. Yeah, it was good. You know, you were almost there. Ferrari had a good year last year, and but they blew it by making some bad strategic decisions, and they're kind of starting this year pretty poorly. So you weren't quite on the money with that, but um, you, know, you were close. This is this kind of brings me to my next topic, though. Oh, okay. Wow. And that's like how to talk to people. Hmm. That you don't know very well. Oh, or about brilliantly topics that segued. you don't know very well. <laughs> it's true because this episode is called Conferences. <laughs> <laughs> and why would we do an episode on conferences? I have no idea. It's not like we have any experience in conferences <laughs> at all. Um, no, but the best way to have a conversation with someone when you don't know what you have in common or you don't understand the things that they're very excited and passionate about is to ask questions. Yes. So, and instead of, and like, I was just, I was just bullshitting just a second ago. Um, (laughs) But, um, and you don't need to make it seem like you know what you're talking about. The best way to have a conversation with someone is to ask them questions. Yeah. It makes them feel like you are interested in them. It makes them feel like you're listening to them. If you come in with just like, hi, I'm me and this is what I do and here's my business card and like nobody is going to remember you or want to talk to you or feel connected to you in any way because they are going to feel like you just presented yourself to them and it was like a big wall of information and then you had to go on to your next class or whatever. Yeah. So asking questions. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think showing interest in other people is never going to be a bad strategy for getting to know someone. And I've said this before, but when I was in New York, I was realizing that I wasn't taking full advantage of being in a city surrounded by people with a lot of things going on. I was just sort of spending a lot of time, too much time at home. And so for like a year, I threw myself into... Uh, networking events, something that I felt I was dreadful at and just needed to get good at. So I was like, well, I went on Eventbrite. I just literally tried to go to one or two a week and just to sort of immerse myself in that discomfort. And I did figure out a few things that worked. And that was such such an important part of it. If in doubt, just show interest and ask a question. There's no selling involved in that process. That's how I think of it. I'm not trying to sell myself. I'm just trying to make a connection. And true connection happens when you 
meet on a level and you just talk and you're open and you, like you say, you ask questions and you show an interest in other people. People are so interesting. Yeah. Like they really are. I'm constantly interested in what people have going on in their lives. And like there are things that you, I think it's hard as a voice actor in a room of non-voice actors um, (laughs) because like I always try to tell people what I do for a living last when I'm in a group of non-voice actors (laughs) (laughs) because it always inevitably turns, the conversation always inevitably turns into Oh my gosh, that's so cool! How do you do that? Like, like, how what have can I, heard I get you into in? that too? <laughs> what have I heard you in exactly? And then the conversation is just about me. Mm. And then, you know, I mean, I love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't. I don't really always. I don't. I don't want to talk about myself. Yeah, you know, it. It doesn't. It's like. I don't know. I mean, I guess on on one level, it makes me feel kind of cool and special. But on another level, it's like, oh, this is just like, I just, I want to just be a human with you and relate to you about like the fact that we both have kids or the fact that we like both really like Formula One or (laughs) or whatever it happens to be. And those are the connections that last beyond the conference. Mm-hmm. When you can find something in common and connect to people about things that are not just voiceover, then those are the people that that feel like you're friends by the end. Yeah. And don't be too eager to rush into doing business in any space, you know. I recommend people that are my friends, that people that I know, that people I've gotten to know over years and vice versa for projects or maybe onto a roster of an agency or, you know, things like that. But that happens organically over a period of time of getting to know people and getting to figure out what it is that they do, how good they are at it and who they are as a person. No one meets someone at a networking event or, well, I guess it does sometimes, but very rarely do people meet at a networking event and then in one fell swoop move on to, oh, now we're doing business. Now I'm signing you to my agency. Now I'm recommending you for projects. It just doesn't happen like that. So, you know, going in too hot is is a turnoff, I think, and it won't serve mm-hmm. you well, I think. Yeah. Let's talk about conferences, Jamie. Okay, yeah, let's specifically dive into conferences. So the first thing I, I question I have for you is, how do you choose what conferences to go to in a year? Because we have quite a few in our industry. Oh, One yeah. of them stands above all others as the best by a long way, which is vocation. <laughs> <laughs> and but everything else down from that. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on those ones? Little asterisk. Anything said by the hosts of our show may not be factually correct. <laughs> no, it is no. <laughs> It is, in my opinion, Vocation is the best conference that exists. I honestly love VO Atlanta Mm. because it feels to me like the most comprehensive, full, lively conference that there is. I feel like if you were a, like, just in your first couple of years voice actor... There is no better conference to go to to get all of the different parts of voiceover from performance to business to industry talks to like everything, everything else. VO Atlanta is just comprehensive and there's nothing else like it. I think there are going to be like a thousand people there. That's not an exaggeration at (sighs) this one. Wow. Um, So it's like everyone in voiceover is wants to be there and or is going to be there so that's a great one to go to i think if you can go if not don't worry about it go next year go another year go at some point as as far as the other conferences go i think you have to really figure out what you need for your career and and sometimes location Mm. is a huge factor so like if you're in the la area why not go to something like Get Your Game On or That's VoiceOver? 
Because you're here already. This conference is happening. You don't have to pay for a hotel, maybe. Like, you just get to go there and experience the knowledge and soak in everything for just the price of a ticket, yeah. which is great. So that's that's something something to consider. But then also consider maybe, like, what do you want to get out of the conference? Get Your Game On, for example, is all about video games. Mm. That's voiceover. There are a lot of classes that are related to kind of the L.A. genres of voiceover. So promo and commercials and animation and video games. It's not a lot of like e-learning. It's not a lot of radio imaging um, and that kind of stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like the big L.A. genres. And so if that is something that you're interested in and you want to get in front of People who do that kind of work and people who cast that kind of work, that's a great conference to go to. Um, One Voice is also a great conference, and it's like in the middle of the summer, and if you feel like you want to go and be with your friends and learn a lot about voiceover, that's a great one, too. Um, Mavo is a lot smaller, and so if you're looking for more of like an intimate conference setting with the same kinds of stuff, that might be a good one to go to. But I think it just depends on what you want. Mm. But I do think if if you're going to go to a conference, um, you should definitely come to vocation. (laughs) And what makes vocation special? That's what I want to (laughs) know. This whole episode's like just a promo for a vocation. (laughs) We're we're promoing Um, every conference right now. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. Vocation is special because there's no performance. It's just business. Yeah. So at all of these other conferences, you know, if if I see a class that's being taught by Mary Lynn Wisner, who I think is absolutely phenomenal, and a class simultaneously taught about taxes, like, I kind of really just want to go to the Mary Lynn Wisner class because even though I probably should go to the taxes class, yeah, like, I feel like I'm going to get my, my soul reinvigorated <laughs> at Mary Lynn Wisner's class and the tax class will be more informational and I, and who knows, maybe the tax class would have made me better with my money overall (laughs) in my life than taking the Mary Lynn Wisner class. But when I have to choose between the two, I might choose Mary Lynn over a tax class because she sounds more exciting than taxes. Vocation is different because there are no performance classes. It's all business. So every single class is a chance to improve the business side of your uh, career. And I think that is hugely valuable. I think that the people who have attended vocation have said this has changed the, their business for the better. Mm. And then also, you know, this past one, having it in a really awesome location was uh, it had never been done before, really. Yeah. So that was a, just an added wonderful destination bonus. I think this proves the point that having more and if there is a market to support it, What's wrong with there being many conferences in many locations throughout the year? I hear people I complaining about it sometimes, and I'm, I wonder why. Why is it a problem if you don't want to, if you don't want to go to X Y Z conference, don't go to those ones. You know, uh, I think having one conference in one location is is limiting, and it limits only those that can make it to that one. Of course, um, so I think it's a it's a good thing. So let's say you've chosen your conference. Um, what are the most essential things to bring? Obviously, we're assuming you can clothe and feed and brush your teeth and <laughs> do all that kind of stuff. What conference stuff is essential to bring with you? What do you think, Jamie? You answer this one first. Okay. Well, if you're planning on auditioning or working while you're there, you want to have some kind of mobile setup. Um, so some kind of microphone, maybe microphone interface if you're not using a uh, USB mic. Uh, and some kind of laptop or iPad or something so you can uh, work with your audio and then send that off. I think business cards are still valuable if you're planning to get, in, to get your name out there and uh, it's an easy way of going, oh, here's my business card. And you, particularly if you have some kind of defining characteristic on that card that, you know, or you write a note on it to remember, oh, yeah, this was the person we talked about cheese with or whatever whatever the discussion was um, cheese <laughs> yeah it's cheese formula guy formula one cheese <laughs> formula one and cheese yeah you know maybe like notepad pens stuff like that so you can write, write lots of notes definitely notepads and pens and yeah i mean just a sense of enthusiasm and open-mindedness 
I would add to that list. What about you? Anything I missed? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. I do also think business cards are um, valuable and valid. Mm. And the reason why I say that is like, I feel like the business card is always an afterthought, right? It's like, oh, well, oh, it was so nice talking to you. Oh, we should talk again. I have, I have to run to this next class. Oh my gosh, wait, hold on. But here's my business card. Just take this. And then they can contact you later. I don't know how many times that's happened to me. Yeah. It's not a situation usually where it's like, hi, I'm Karin. Here's my business card. Um, I want, I just wanted to tell you that I'm a big fan. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. The business card comes at the end of the conversation at the moment when you have to leave. And for me, it's really easy to be able to give something to them and leave that with them so that when they feel the need, they can pull it out and send me a text mm-hmm. or whatever. For me, if someone, if I'm like, okay, I got to go, um, I have to run to the next class. And someone's like, hold on, hold on. Let me just put my number in your phone. I'm like, oh, uh, uh, hold, okay, wait, but I just, I'm like running. Okay, hold on. Let me unlock my phone. Okay, take the phone. Okay. Put your name in. And then you never see it ever again. Okay, let's go. You know, <laughs> and it's like, I'm not, and like, I don't even remember their name. No. Because we just met. <laughs> so like, if I'm thinking later, oh, I really need to reach out to that person that I talked to earlier. I can't be like, wait, where was their card? It looked like this. Or, oh, there it is. Okay, let me let me reach out to them. It's like, I have to remember, what was their name? Yeah. So I can look for it in my phone. Or you give me a mobile business card that goes to your website. Like, fine. And then I have your website and maybe it automatically ant- added you to my phone. But like, I don't, like, I need a physical thing. Yeah. So that when I'm in my room later, I can be like, oh, that's that person. Yeah. And it's that repeated multi sort of touch thing of remembering someone. You see them, you pull out their business card later, that name gets into your brain a second time. You go online, you connect with them on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And it's, for me, it takes about three or four of those moments to actually solidify like a name and a face because I'm not, my memory is pretty dreadful. So like, I mean, putting a number in a phone is just going to be just not effective at all. Some of the conferences no. I know use QR codes and stuff, and you can like scan the badge on the the lanyard and things like that. Have you ever have you ever done that? I mean, that's cool, but I still feel like it would just get lost. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like I think the best thing to do is a business card, or add them as a friend on Facebook immediately. Straight away, yeah. Or follow them on Instagram immediately, so that. They have that interaction with you and then you can be kind of tangentially a part of each other's lives on a semi like regular basis where I post something, they like it or they comment. And then I'm like, oh, that's that John Smith person. Yeah. Wasn't he Pocahontas's husband? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Something about she was a child. I don't remember. Anyway, (laughs) ah, John Smith, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) <laughs> so would you recommend people go to a conference with like a shtick, like they're wearing a big like orange wig or something or like big loud? Oh, like- so, you know, <laughs> I have to say one of the best people I know who networks is Michael Scott. Do you yeah. know Michael Scott? Yeah. So first of all, Michael Scott has a very re- memorable name because people think of the, the office. office. Yeah. <laughs> um. But he's also he's also an African-American guy. He doesn't look like Michael Scott from The Office at all. So first of all, that's memorable. But also, I feel like... So at One Voice, he wore a cowboy hat for the whole conference. Yeah. And it was like a subtle nod to Texas, but also everyone kind of recognized him and knew who he was for the whole weekend. He's also a really nice guy, and he's really good at social media. He's good about posting in his stories. He's good about like keeping people updated. And every time I talk to him about like a, a mutual friend or a friend or someone that I know, he's like, oh, yeah, I know that person. We're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you know everyone? <laughs> he knows everyone. He's also like a very extroverted person who talks easily to people. But like, I just think he's very good at, at networking. Mm. And he and like it, it just made me think of it because you said, should you wear something or I feel like a shtick might help people remember you. 
But the cowboy hat was really not over the top. Yeah, it was a subtle yeah. to me. It was like, and plus he's uh, he he has a very he has a stylish quality about him. Yeah, you know, like Tom Antonellis too. Yeah, Tom Antonellis has a very stylish quality about him. He's always got he's wearing a hat. He's like very nicely dressed, and he is he's very like open and loving to people and has his heart on his sleeve, you know, and he's very memorable as well. I'm going for slob, memorable (laughs) slob. (laughs) That's my tactic. (laughs) Well, I mean, you've done this thing for years where you put on this fake British accent so people will remember you. I know, it's a long play. Yeah, I've been been working on that for a long time. (laughs) So you're more memorable. (laughs) Let's talk about the people that struggle because, you know, Michael is great at networking. He's a very sociable guy and, you know, gregarious. What about people who struggle a little with with the sort of social situations? How how should they approach a conference where there's like a thousand other people in the building? I think you have to know who you are and be comfortable with who you are and take breaks if you need to. Yeah. If it is draining to be around a lot of people, just take a break. Go into your room, sit in silence, take a nap, whatever you need to do. Because you are in a situation that is uncomfortable for you. So the more things you can do to make yourself comfortable, the better. I also think that it's not good for everyone to be an extrovert in society. (laughs) Like, Mm. we need introverts. We need you in the world. (laughs) Um, Beavering away in the back of the room, doing the work. (laughs) Yeah, no, but the idea that everyone has to be extroverted and everyone has to engage with each other and everyone has to to network and be loud and be like crazy for the weekend. That's just not, I don't think that's good or important or sustainable. So, but I also think, number one, No one is thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you. Yeah, definitely. So no one's concerned with what you're wearing. No one's concerned with how you're, what you ate for lunch or, or like, like nobody, nobody cares about that. They're all in their own heads. They're all concerned with themselves. So just don't worry about what anyone thinks of you. Just, just go there, be yourself, have an open heart, open mind, smile on your face and just go in thinking this is going to be the best weekend ever. If you go in with dread, it's more likely that dread will manifest. If you go in feeling like this is going to be awesome, I'm going to have a great time, you'll be much more likely for it to be awesome and for you to have a great time. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, all of that, absolutely. I learned a few things with that sort of year of networking thing. And one thing, you know, I am an introvert and I am I struggle with those kind of events. I found giving myself an exit strategy was key because it enabled me to lose that feeling of, oh, I'm never going to get out of this thing. It's just a sense of overwhelm. And so I told myself, if I go to an event and I feel super uncomfortable, I'll just leave. (laughs) It's fine. Mm -hmm. And if you if you go to a conference and, you know, you go to a particular event at the conference and it's not for you, you can just go, okay, I'll just go back to my room and watch a movie like that's fine. That's totally fine to do. You don't have to squeeze every last minute out of this event to justify going. So making it about everyone else, I know we talked about it earlier, is so it's such a good thing to get out of your own head. Not thinking about yourself, thinking about how how you can help other people. Like I think that is really a thing to get yourself out of your own way. If you're speaking to someone and you know, they tell you that they uh, are interested in a certain genre of voiceover and you've spoken to someone who works in that genre, you can make a connection. You can help that person out. And it's that's a valuable connection to that person because I think sometimes if you're introverted, you think you're not contributing as much as the extroverted people when you should be. And like you say, you know, you don't have to be extroverted to be worthwhile. So yeah, those those are the things that I found helpful when I was doing it. Um, and kind of like the exit strategy thing, if you have gone to something and you go uh, into a social situation and you meet one or two people, you've done your job. You can you can give yourself permission to pat yourself on the back and say, "Good job, Jamie. <laughs> you met a couple of people." <laughs> and. Uh, um, You've done a good thing because it's especially hard for you if you're introverted because it is very out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, doing this job really 
is great for introverts <laughs> because we can be on our own working at home and doesn't really bother us that we're not meeting people socially every single day. So we get the benefit of being introverted most days of the year. So yeah, actually what, what you said was really, really super valuable is that people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are. <laughs> they really aren't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone, and everyone is insecure. Extroverts are insecure. Introverts are insecure. Everyone is. So, You know, one of the things extroverts do when they're insecure is just talk more and be louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like <laughs> introverts when they're insecure, they kind of go into their shell a little bit. But extroverts when they're insecure tend to kind of just like talk and overshare. Let me just tell you everything that happened <laughs> to me and why I'm struggling with this thing. And also I'm struggling with this thing. And then you leave and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did I really tell them that story about how I threw up at the, you know, <laughs> like that was way too much. I've got a question for you. Um, yeah. If you go into an event, maybe it's not a voiceover event because you know tons of people now, but if you went to another industry, let's say you wanted to go to an event, let's say a gaming event because you wanted to make some connections in that world and there was a networking party of some kind and you didn't know anyone in that room when you walked in and you had to strike up a conversation how would you Karin go about doing that hmm I would probably I would probably try to find someone standing by themselves mm -hmm. and then I would take my drink because it's always easier when you have something in your hands. It doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink. Just yeah. holding something is comforting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would go up to their table and I would say, like if it's a standing table, I'm imagining, or I would go over close to them and say something like, uh, hey, do you mind if I share this table with you? And then, of course, they would say, oh, sure. Or they would say, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm saving this seat for my spouse or whatever fine, then I would go find someone else. But, you know, I would try to find a person who looks like they're alone and I would come up to them and ask if it's okay if I share their space. And then I would comment on something in the room. Mm. Like, like, that. like, um, the light, the lighting in here is so nice. Don't you think? Or like, wow, this is such a beautiful hotel. I had no idea that this hotel was even here, you know, or like, oh my gosh, what do you think of those flowers on the stage? I think they're really cool, but what do you think? And then they'll be like, oh, I mean, I think the flowers are terrible. I'll say, oh, well, my, my husband designed them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> comes know, so easy like, to whatever. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, but talking about something in the room, and then hopefully that gets them to talk and open up more. Yeah. You can also, um, without any words, get someone to talk to you by looking over at them and giving them a smile and then kind of turning your glance away. Mm. Now, this is tricky when it's a male-female interaction because you don't want it to seem like you're flirting with them if you don't intend to flirt with them. Yeah. So there's a way to look over at someone and smile like, hey, we're having a good time. Like, isn't this fun? And then look away instead of like, hey. How's it going? Yeah. That's a different kind of Definitely. smile. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just having that eye contact so that when you are near that person, they might say something like, hey, do we, do we know each other already? I feel like I must have known you from somewhere. Mm. That's actually another really good way to start a conversation, even if you don't think that you know that person. Yeah. What's interesting with the voiceover community, because we're a lot of us are on Facebook and we only see our like tiny little pictures on Facebook all the time. That's actually a really easy way to start a conversation with someone is to go up to them and say, hey, do we know each other already? I feel like we know each other already. Yeah. What's your name? Oh, I'm Karin. Oh, and you're you're John Smith. Oh, Pocahontas's husband. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's because I accidentally said John Smith. You're thinking Pocahontas. I've got on cheese it. on the brain. It's we're just all over the map today. <laughs> uh, we anyway. we should have some kind of because Via Atlanta's coming up. Um, a week after this goes out, or a few days after this goes out. I don't know when I'm putting it out, but we should have some kind of like word that 
people can reference to this, like, oh, Pocahontas or, like, cheese or something. <laughs> no, don't say Pocahontas. <laughs> no, probably not. Pocahontas is, like, so charged. Yeah, that's true. I don't oh, know why I brought yeah, it up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, cheese. do you cheese? <laughs> do you, that's, like, a drug thing, I think. Oh, is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not do you cheese. I don't know. How about room five? Room <laughs> Well, that, room yeah. five. Well, actually, that that's another that's another good point. Mm. Room five. So, room five, <laughs> if you don't know, is uh, basically an inside joke from Evocation last year, and room five was like a popular. I, I like I barely even want to explain the context of it, but let's just say it was an inside joke from Evocation last year. Yeah, and a bunch of people. Ever since then, when they go to a conference, they're like, room five, room five. And it's a way that they are connecting to each other, even if they haven't really met because they were all at evocation and they, we, we have this inside joke. Yeah. So, like, that's another thing. Like, just things that you have in common. And and don't take yourself too seriously. You yeah, know, have do I, fun. Do, I feel like I know you from somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Of course, that's you. You're the Formula One guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, what about staying healthy over the weekend? Oh God, I don't know, Jamie. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. I feel like going to a conference with a bunch of people just puts it. You just you're taking you're taking a calculated risk. Yeah, you're you. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not going to matter. I mean. Masks work, yes, but if you are with a thousand people that you're not normally with, it's not. It's probably not going to work as well as just not going to the conference. So, so yeah. you're taking a calculated risk by going. I think you have to understand that, and you have to just know that you might get sick. Now, when it comes to like not screaming at a party, yeah. Staying hydrated, giving yourself enough rest, that's a different thing. But if we're talking about, like, you're about to be with a bunch of people who may or may not have toddlers at home who are bringing home all kinds of germs all the time, if you're afraid of toddler germs, don't hang out with me. <laughs> yeah. I did try and institute a no handshaking policy <laughs> at our first conference, which went down like a lead balloon, and it just didn't happen. It was just impossible to to. Inf- I mean, we nev- we would never enforce it, but it was just a suggestion. No. Um, yes, but but people want to. Like, I know it's impossible. hug each other, yeah. and it's like people that I talk to online every day, and I never get to see their beautiful faces in person, and. They're like half these people. I've never seen their legs. <laughs> I've only seen them on Zoom from the upper torso and on. This is another way we're so different. I like. I don't care about seeing people's legs. I'm like, this is fine. <laughs> this is totally fine. We're having a decent conversation right now. Well, so what's great is that if you don't like being in person, if you're worried about getting sick, you can do virtual conferences as well. Yeah. And evocations coming up in September. And honestly, I had no idea how fulfilling from like a networking and friendship point of view evocation would be. Yeah. Until we did it the first year. Mm. And I feel like I got to know people really well. It's funny because the first year we did it, we had no choice. (laughs) There was no in-person I don't know if we were all just so desperate for interaction, communication, community, but it was so it was such a a fulfilling weekend that we've done it every year since and we're doing it again this year because you know there are plenty of plenty of people, covid or not or flu or not whatever, who have a hard time getting to a conference. It's through mobility or through cost and a sort of you know, relatively low fee, low barrier to entry for a virtual conference. If you can do Zoom and you can get the ticket, you know, anyone can do it. And, you know, this isn't the sales pitch for evocation, but, you know, any conference that's virtual is now open to you wherever you are and, you know, whatever state you're at. So I enjoy it as much as our in-person conferences, I'll be honest. You know, I I enjoy it as much Um, for different reasons in different ways. um, But it is... It is great. And we do we do make every effort to 
have those passing interaction social networking moments that you have when you're at a real, <laughs> real conference. Because, yeah, you, it's hard to replicate just walking through the lobby of a hotel and bumping into someone and saying, hey, how's it going? And just having a chat. You can't do that exactly. But with like cafe Zoom rooms that we open up and the, the uh, Facebook group specific to the event, I find there is a lot of friend making and social interaction that goes on outside of the conference events, which actually leads me to my next question. What is more important? Taking a class or networking with attendees? Oh, I think it depends on how you feel in the moment. Yeah. So, like, there are times at a conference when I just need to not go to a session and instead sit at the bar with one of my friends and have a salad and, <laughs> and a glass of wine. And that recharges me for the rest of the day. Yeah. There have been times when someone who I really have been meaning to talk to, like Rupal Patel from Vocal ID. Yeah. And she said, do you want to have breakfast with me tomorrow? And I and I'm like, oh, yes. Like even just mom to mom, friend to friend, person who works in the industry to person who works in the industry. Let's please just go have breakfast. And. The amount of, like, it just, it just, it's hard to quantify how nice that is yeah. against a class. Yeah. You know, I feel like there, there's a lot to be gained from one-on-one -on -one interaction, but there's also a lot to be gained from hearing from people who are experts in, in their specific field, area of expertise, and um, sitting in on, on on their class and hearing what they have to say. So it just is like a case-by-case -case basis. You have to take it class-by-class -class and moment-by-moment. -moment. And if you feel like you just want to go to a restaurant instead of sitting in on a class, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it depends a little on what level you're at in the industry. I think when you're starting out, your focus isn't necessarily on as much on networking because, you know, you're you're learning the ropes, you're figuring things out, and the emphasis is on growing as a talent. So immersing yourself in voiceover and all the various aspects of what you have to learn, the various genres and the, the business aspects and, the, you know, stuff like that, you can leave a much more rounded talent than when you arrived based on, you know, the, the mass amount of classes that you're in. And that immersion therapy is so, is so much more effective. It is like going to another country and speaking the language, you, you, stuff comes out the woodwork in your brain and you, you know, it just, it's amazing how you can progress in such a short period of time. I feel like that learning is just really enhanced when you're in that environment. When you're a little further into your career, I think the networking takes over in its importance from the learning. Learning yeah. still has to continue on, of course, but everything that you just described, um, you know, you, you have a thing to market, you have a thing to network with, as in you have experience, you have a website, you have demos, et cetera, et cetera. So you can, you know, you might meet an agent there, you might meet casting directors, so you can just literally get eyeball to eyeball with and a real world connection coupled with an online connection is a much more solid relationship than just a name on a screen or if you just meet them in person and you know yeah. so it is an opportunity when we don't have as much in-person stuff these days as in studio sessions and casting so i personally think it depends on what your intention is when you go there and that is determined by your level i think and you know what's the best thing is to say to somebody that you want to network with, hey, let's go hang out by the pool and have, <laughs> have a margarita. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Back to vocation again. <laughs> we are trying on. Look, got to give us credit. We run a conference. We're going to bring up vocation. We're trying not to make it. Just I know. <laughs> well, it's the one we know the most about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can we talk about conference speakers? Yeah, let's do it. So... I hear the complaint a lot 
that we keep seeing the same people over and over again at the same conferences and we just want to have new people. But I want to ask you, Jamie, when we are choosing speakers for our conference, what are the things that we are looking for when we choose a speaker to maybe give people some insight about that? Well, we've tended to have maybe not an explicit theme, but a, a, a general theme in each event. And so we want people who exemplify the sort of best of whatever theme that is. So I think last time at Evocation, it was all about uh, I forget. I actually forget what the theme was, but it, I think I've just. When we finish a conference, I'm like, I can't think about it for a while. <laughs> well, so yeah. the last evocation that we did, we were. I don't know if we had a theme necessarily, but the yeah. idea was that you could implement the things that you learned in class from home because you yes, were at your computer. That's exactly it. That's exactly what it yes. was. So we wanted people to take that information immediately and be able to plug that into their career straight away. So we shoot ideas across to each other. We work individually, we work collaboratively, and we figure out what is the best thing to learn and who is the best person to teach that subject and who exemplifies those skills or whatever it is the best and who can articulate that the best. And there are some names that come up regularly because they're really great at what they do. So new doesn't just mean better just because it's new. You know, we do work in an industry that is constantly evolving and changing. So that goes into our decision too. have, is this person working at the top of the industry or knows about this industry now and is forward thinking, or are they just a sort of, for want of a better word, legacy of a previous mm -hmm. era? And they're just mm -hmm. around because they are just a name. I don't think we've ever picked anyone for that reason. Um, but that does happen. Sometimes they have a certain draw because they got good PR or something. I think I think the other thing that you didn't mention is like we want to ask people to come present at a conference that people want to pay to come see. Yeah. So and if if someone doesn't have any following at all, it doesn't really matter how fantastic they are. I will not pay as much attention. We won't pay as much attention to that person if they have no following at all. Yeah. Because if I say to you, um, we'll, we'll change it from John to Sarah. Sarah Smith, whoever she is, is going to be presenting at Vocation this year. And you've never heard of her and you have no idea what she is, what she does. And you have no idea. Like, it's not going to be as exciting as if I say Maria Pendolino is going to be presenting at Vocation. Yeah. Because Maria is engaged with our community. She helps people a lot. She's presented at conferences previously. People have always loved her. So, you know, that's just an example of like, if you want to present at a conference at some point in the future, if you feel like, oh, everyone always gets to present, but not me. The best thing to do is to engage online and to create a following for yourself online that then conference presenters will see. And that makes you marketable to the conference. And that means, yeah, sometimes we get re repeat presenters because people loved them at the last conference <laughs> or, <laughs> or at the conference, like at the other conference two years ago or whatever that happens to be. So and you have to have a, good. You ha well, exactly. You have to have a track record of genuinely helping people and for that information to affect people's careers and life. Yeah. If you don't have that, you're not bringing enough value, you know, and people have to start somewhere. I get it. Like you have to start somewhere. But to be a conference speaker, I think you have to have proven that maybe you don't start out as a conference speaker. You start out as a one-to-one -one coach or you teach small workshops and you prove over time that you're what it is that you're bringing to the table has value for people. And it may be a very, very specific area of expertise that helps people in a very specific way, but that might be the key for someone. That might be the thing that they're missing. That might be the thing they're particularly weak at. That is all part of our decision in curating the, uh, the speakers at, at any given conference. And that is the conferences that do well, I think, are the ones that those speakers are curated carefully and for a reason and um, 
it isn't just, oh, I'm just going to list the top 20, 30, 40 people who have the most following, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It isn't an easy thing to actually do because you, for, from our perspective, you have to consider people's schedules and, you know, they're, where they're coming from. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> I think people are unaware of how much that goes into creating a conference. It's, it's, a, well, it's a lot. There's one more thing that I forgot to mention, too, and that's that we don't want to bring people into our conference. And I'm, I know that this is true of a lot of conferences who are really controversial yeah if they're if a person is you know writing blog posts and making videos and interacting online in a way that is particularly negative yeah i don't think anyone wants to have them at their conference no why would you because you don't want somebody there who's gonna turn people off you want people to be like really excited and and it's re- it's hard it's hard in our industry when there are so many points of view to kind of straddle that line between i want to stand up for what is right and that might be a little bit controversial and like just being kind of like negative all the time and putting people down all the time and and it never works it never it, no, it, it might get it a little work. flurry of interest in that moment i wouldn't have someone who was like that at our conference primarily because it just shows lack of judgment. <laughs> it's a very yeah. it's a very bad tactic to behave like that. You know, it's not going to gain you anything long term. Yeah. Beyond a little flurry of of some people being outraged with you. Like sometimes people are like, "Oh, I agree. I'm so outraged also." But then it, I feel like when you put agita and negativity out into the world, that's what is reflected back to you. Yeah. When you try to put like goodness and helpful information and community and caring for one another, when you try to put that out into the world, that's what comes back to you. And those are the people who I want to have at my conference. Yeah, absolutely. And those are the people who I want to see when I go to a conference. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got to meet these people in the real world. (laughs) It's true. You know, it's going to come back to haunt you if you try and if you then have to meet them in person, you might get thumped in the face. Anyway. (laughs) That was our tea section. Yeah, we we brought the tea section into this. Spilling the tea. Yeah. (laughs) We don't don't need to name any names, though. We're not calling anybody out specifically. Can go f*** himself. Okay, we have a couple of questions here. Okay. Yulia Patse, is that how you pronounce her name? I think it is. Um, yeah. has, has someone already asked about FOMO? Um, so FOMO, fear of missing oh. out. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, I get such bad FOMO. My FOMO has cost me thousands of dollars <laughs> <laughs> paying to be there so that I don't have FOMO. No, it's it's really, really, really a real thing feeling left out, feeling like you're missing out. I think the best thing to do is to find a couple people who are also not going and text each other all weekend. Take care of each other all weekend. Meet for a Zoom. Like decide that you're just not going to spend a lot of time on your phone because it's just going to make you feel like you're really, you know, missing out and sad Mm. um, about not being there. So I would say, yeah, do things to take care of yourself. Do something over the weekend that's going to keep you busy and happy. Mm-hmm. And know that FOMO is completely valid and it is okay to feel that way. But after you acknowledge that, take steps to get out of your head, get outside, maybe hang out with your friends who you love, hang out with your family and do nice things for yourself over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, love that. I experienced the worst FOMO of my life a couple of months ago. <laughs> weeks? It was only a few I weeks ago. It was only three weeks ago. I don't even know. Time. Feels like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, I, I unfortunately couldn't go to Vocation Cancun for, for a personal reason. And um, this was a conference I, Karen and I had spent a year organizing. <laughs> and so, and I will say in terms of 
um, people looking out for one another and helping each other out. Maria Pendolino was the sweetest person ever. She was texting me because she couldn't go either and checking in to make sure everything was okay. And and uh, we were chatting. So having people around you who you can commiserate with, <laughs> uh, it helps a lot. But maybe this year isn't right for you for this event, but there's always next year. There's always other events. There's virtual events. You don't have to feel left out. For whatever reason, it just wasn't right for you at this moment in time. So not everyone goes to every conference. I think it would be unhealthy to go to every conference. I um, agree. So, you know. Um, Cassandra Gallegos. I wish VO conferences had those little flags you could stick to your badge like other conferences that say first-time attendee so that people would know to go up to you and say hi because you might not know anyone. I, yep, yeah, oh, love that. Oh, that's a great idea. Love that idea. I went to one one time and there was... People had different colored, you know, you get those little um, round colored stickers and yeah. the, the different colors meant different things. Like some of them meant I'm new, say hi. Others meant I've been doing this a long time, ask me. Or if you need, one of them meant if you're lonely, I can introduce you to someone, which I thought was really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I love that idea. I think people should do that. Let's do it at our next one. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Okay. I think we should probably wrap this oh i have one thing i want to say yeah if you're coming to vo atlanta come to my x session yes it's gonna be great we're talking i'm talking about online casting it's a class i've taught before but there is so much new stuff everything changes with online casting i mean not everything a lot of things can change quickly with online casting and so i think the last time i taught this class was maybe two years ago maybe three years ago um and so there's a lot of new information uh if you're interested in online casting which i absolutely think is the most accessible way for people to earn a living in voiceover come and take my class and we will talk all about how to make the algorithms work in your favor and all of the great stuff that you want to know about booking more work online. Love it. That's my plug. Okay, great. Thank you for listening. And next week, we're going to have on the ground roving reporter Karen Guilfrey at VO Atlanta. Yes. So you're going to interview people, right, Karen? Is that, is that the point? Yeah, I'm going to interview people. I'm going to ask people quirky, weird questions. I hope I find Isabella Flores because she's always a good time. Oh, yeah. Got to meet up with Isabella. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>